6: Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios presented by your local Hyundai dealers Morning everyone In a moment we'll help you attack tonight's Suns Clippers matchup in the Western Conference Finals You'll hear from Rick Camp and Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough who drafted Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton when he was the general manager of the Phoenix Suns It's a good time to do a reset on Illinois sports betting. A lot going on with a number of sports books that will open soon, I think. And betting on Illinois college sports, not the only issue in our state. I'm upset about another law that I just found out about, and it will impact you during the football season. Chris Altruda will fill us in, and Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse. All right, I teased you a bit last week, so here are the rest of the details on the BetQL network. I'm still hosting BetQL Daily, and it now airs live 8 to 11 a.m. Monday through Friday on the Odyssey app and on 105.9 FM HD2 The Bet, 105.9 FM HD2 to Bet. Again, you need an HD radio for that HD2 signal. Search the Bet on the Odyssey app can also listen that way or just listen to the pod. I have a full-time co-host instead of a rotation of co hosts Joe Giglio from WIP in Philadelphia. He does nights there, and he's my full-time co-host. We're off to a terrific start. Uh, make sure you check it out. Subscribe to that podcast, BetQL Daily. We're now live in 12 markets across the country And the expansion has only just begun. So make sure you check out the new and improved BetQL Daily on the new and improved BetQL Network. Enough self-promotion to the hoops. Let's discuss how we should bet. Game four of the Western Conference Finals this evening with our guy Rick Camp from You Better You Bet on the BetQL Network. You can also find his write-ups on some player props, 444.com at Rick Seacamp, and Rick joins me on the Circa Sports Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Rick, when they were down 0-2, like you've done throughout the postseason, did you bet on the Clippers? I actually did not. Oh! I know!
7: It was 6-1, to one. I liked it then. Yeah, I probably, I probably should have just based on value, but I, I don't know, like... There's something about this Suns team that I really like and actually trust. Yeah, maybe Game Three was was a little bit of a shot across the bow that you know the Clippers are not quite done yet, and you know Ty Lue did some stuff that made me be like, okay, the Clippers still have some things that they can pull
6: out in this series. Yeah, I think so, but it all lined up for the Clippers, right? Desperate team, changing venues, back at home. By the way, a much more impactful home court than I expected with their fans. I don't know if some Lakers fans switched quickly over to some Clippers gear, but it was pretty loud over there. And then, I mean, come on. It, it was just all lining up Clippers. Chris Paul clearly isn't 100%. We'll see if he is at some point during the rest of the series. It, the campaign injury did it all.
7: It did it all. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that campaign injury truly matters in this series. Like, what is going on with this playoffs? You know, everybody's like, okay, the bubble was an anomaly of year. For one thing, this is as much of an anomaly of year for a million different reasons, led by the fact that campaign matters.
6: Unreal. I don't know what else to say. It's a great story. If it ends here, it's still a great story. Relegated to China, D-League, he failed at multiple spots in the NBA, of course, including the Bulls. I don't know that campaign, Rick, could go to any other spot and you'd be getting this version of campaign. If he doesn't have Chris Paul as a teammate, if he doesn't have Monty Williams, this group of players and the culture that's been developed over there very quickly, I don't think we get this guy.
7: There's no doubt. And maybe it shouldn't be quite as surprising just because more and more of the NBA is starting to have some MLB-type elements to it to where if you're not a, a top prospect or a star, the fact that a vast majority of guys end up in the g league at some point some of them do have to end up going overseas in some way shape or form that guys are developed based on systems and everything more now than ever I mean, you see more and more undrafted guys filling roles because the league's based around stars so if you can you know have the money for all your stars and then be able to develop some cheap guys around the edges that ends up mattering so maybe it's uh you know, campaigns its definitely a really odd example, but like just the fact of maybe this is becoming a little bit more of the norm here and there around the league, but it's still campaign, man.
6: I touched on the series price. You said you did not bite at plus 600 when the Clippers were down 0-2. Now they're down one game to two. Who knows? Maybe they're going to continue this run of winning games that are not games one and two in a series. Uh, on Friday morning, It was Clippers plus 380. That clip money continues to come in because now we're down to plus 300. Any value in the Clippers, a plus 300 down one game in a series? Maybe a little
7: bit, but not enough for me to bite. Maybe I'm being more conservative the further we get into these playoffs because the quality of the average team is higher. But just thinking about everything that went right that you mentioned for the Clippers going into that game, I mean, you had – so many things go on. Well. I mean, Patrick Beverly's defense on Devin Booker has been really good. You cannot discount that at all. But Chris Paul's first game back. Just if you were to say, hey, Devin Booker and Chris Paul are going to combine to go 10 for 40 from the field, I would have probably expected the Suns to lose by more than they actually ended up losing by. But mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton was still solid. Evita Zubats played really, really well. Paul George didn't have the greatest numbers shooting from the field, but had a great impact on the game. So there's wiggle room for the Clippers to play better, but considering it was still fairly close for a vast majority of this game, and I felt like the Suns played, what, maybe a C-minus game for them at best? Yeah. I still think this is the Suns series to lose.
6: Uh, tonight, Suns-Clippers game four. It's a pick total of 218.5. Here's what I've done, man. I just am going to keep betting – Reggie Jackson props. As long as Kawhi is outside of the lineup, he keeps hitting on Mm -hmm. points. He keeps hitting on made threes every single game. And I don't understand why this hasn't been well into the 20s.
7: Yeah, I've actually been on attacking his uh, points, rebounds, assists, his pra a lot more than the actual points or the three-pointers. But I think after this pass game, I'm going to switch over to points just because his line in game three, 23, one board and three assists, I'm not getting quite as much value out of those rebounds and assists as I have in previous games. So I'm going to be on that as well. Another one that I'm going to be on again, Avica Zubats over seven and a half last game. That's probably going to – be eight and a half juiced over maybe nine and a half i'm going to be on Zubots over rebounds because 16 rebounds and just the fact his rebounding chances have been through the roof the last couple games so i'm going to be
6: all over Zubots for sure hold on pra is that a thing it's not pra it's pra have i been wrong all along no i think
7: that's a you better you bet thing okay that's just like a dumb thing that we do okay
6: I'm sure it's not the only dumb thing. Oh,
7: we do so many dumb things.
6: Okay. I mean, that's what the BetQL network is. Now out to four shows, 14 hours of fresh sports betting content every single day in town on 105.9 FM, HD2, or on the Odyssey app. Use the Odyssey app and you search the bet. You'll find many, many different options. With Chris Paul out there, I find Suns player props, much more challenging to bet on. How about you? I agree. I am probably
7: going to look at Devin Booker under assists again. I mean, he got off to a really quick start in game three, but then it took till the last couple of minutes of the fourth quarter for him to uh, finally go over the prop and hit five. It was at four and a half. And I want to say it was slightly juiced under at the close, but I'm probably going to go towards that once again, uh DeAndre Ayton points has been hitting now he had he had 10 in the first half eight in the second half I'm encouraged by the fact of even though the Clippers defense on him got better in the second half he still had eight points considering that was at 15 and a half it had gone up from 14 and a half that he was still able to hit that I'm encouraged by that I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to play it but there's a good chance I will and then It seems like it's just a matter of which game are you going to get Bridges or Crowder go over their threes. Mm -hmm. In game three, it was the odd example where Bridges went over his points but under his threes. Crowder went over his threes but under his points. That one is just throwing everybody for a loop. But on the whole, yeah, it's hard to go through their props. Maybe one thing where there's a little bit of value, if you get a Dario Saric prop listed on rebounds, He did get 12 minutes, matched up more when Zubats was out of the game, and the Clippers went a little bit smaller on a second unit. Mm -hmm. He was able to do some work on the board. With that, maybe there's some value there, but I agree that you have a good idea of what the Suns are probably going to be, so those lines are really, really tight.
6: Don't bet on Batum Overs anymore. I guess uh, they don't want to play him. Your guy, Batum. You know what they're scared of? Wins. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what that is right there. They don't want to win. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Sports Radio 670. The score, my guest, Rick Camp. Uh, he works on You Better You Bet. Does a player prop write-ups for four for 444.com. So it's a pick or one-point spread. You're basically picking the winner for tonight's game for... At the LA Clippers, do you have a play on the side or the total in that two eighteen range? I'm gonna gonna... No's an acceptable answer. If you want to stick with the player props, if you're not sure if it's gonna be two two or Suns three one after tonight, no need to force it.
7: No, and I've actually I wanna say in the playoffs, eighty to eighty five percent of my handles been on props. Mm -hmm. Like it's even more exaggerated than the regular season. But I, I do kind of lean the under. Still at, at 218 and a half, I, I lean the under. I haven't bet it yet. I may let it get closer to tip before I officially do it, but if I was forced to play anything, the under would be it right now. I think Phoenix is going to win, but I don't know that I feel strong enough to put my money on it.
6: Are you with me, and you want to see the best player standing, I think, Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Best player standing, Giannis, in the NBA Finals, but you also want to see Mike Budenholzer get absolutely exposed on the NBA Finals stage by either Monty Williams or Ty Lue.
7: Ooh, that's interesting. That'd be fun.
6: It would be fun. (laughs) I'm I'm cool with either team coming
7: out of the East. I really am, because the Hawks are fun they are they are a lot of fun the fact that they have as much swag as they do starting with trey young and then everybody else feeding off of it in that series if it gets down to the final five minutes and a game is within two possessions i would have to favor atlanta because they're just so much better when it comes to those crunch time situations when it gets down to half court offense i think they are the ones that have the advantage there so it's just interesting because the Bucks are a, are a better team overall, and I, I don't even know that it's that particularly close. However, when you get into these specific situations in the playoffs, you talk about 16-game players versus 82-game players, or in this year, 72-game players, and I just feel like there are more of those 16-game players on the Hawks, and we didn't value that ahead of the playoffs because a lot of these guys hadn't been there before, so we didn't know how their game was going to translate. Rick?
6: Trey Young was not an all-star this year. Not an all-star. And in the Eastern Conference Finals, his player prop points is at 30 and a half.
7: Yeah, I mean... He's going
6: to be an all-star the next decade.
7: Yes, the thing is, though, think about the first half of that season for them, mostly under Lloyd Pierce. I know. He wasn't having that great of a year. No, I'm
6: not arguing that he should have been. Okay. I'm just making the case... For what he's done since. Yes, 100%. Well, and I think part of it for the Hawks, too. They
7: have had the perfect setup of matchups to where team they're playing teams that cannot pick out Trey Young and just make him play defense every single possession. The Knicks mm-hmm. cannot do that. The Sixers didn't really have anybody to do that. If they had faced the Nets, I think this would have been four or five games in favor of Brooklyn because Brooklyn has that ability to have Harden or Durant be able to point out and say, hey, whoever has Trey Young on them, come on, let's get them in the action. All of their guys are good enough offensively on Brooklyn to where putting them in the action offensively doesn't completely derail what you're doing either. To where with Milwaukee, if he's hidden on, let's say, P.J. Tucker or something, Mm -hmm. getting P.J. Tucker involved in a pick-and-pop doesn't really do a whole lot for you unless you then ISO and get everybody out of the way for... Holiday or Middleton or whoever it ends up being. So it's just also work to Atlanta's advantage to not have one of those teams that can really pick on their weaknesses that much more.
6: Rick, let's do this again next week, and maybe we'll have an NBA final set. I would lean uh, that's a big fat no, because I think we're primed for two long series.
7: Yeah, I tend to agree. So I'm I'm here for it, and uh, I just enjoy that we're having still, even if it's not the teams we necessarily expected, really good basketball.
6: You can hear Rick Camp on You Better, You Bet. Read his work, 444.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Rick C. Camp, at Rick C. Camp. Rick, best of luck with your bets tonight. Thanks, you too. There goes Campy and Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough appeared on BetQL Daily yesterday with myself and co hosts Joe Giglio. Yeah, Joe O and Joe G. McDonough keeps dropping hints that Kawhi Leonard could return in this series. Take a listen.
3: Uh, with Kawhi Leonard uh, there's a lot of sensitivity around issues we all know what happened in San Antonio and um, you know there was a wedge that that, uh, was driven between the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard and his camp over some of the uh, medical treatment and rehab and all that kind of stuff and that led him to demand a trade and he obviously got traded to Toronto and won the championship the one year he was there in 2019 so uh, because of that the Clippers uh, who are being um, you know very guarded about what they share publicly there's not a whole lot of information you guys remember a few weeks ago when it happened, uh, there was speculation that he had a torn ACL and was going to be out uh, potentially for this season, but into in next year as well, and that that's obviously not the case. Uh, so it looks like it is a sprain. I, I've just seen pictures and videos of him walking around the arena uh, with, with no brace on his knee, which um, you know leads me to believe that he may be closer than a lot of people anticipate. So uh, we're, we're just purely speculating, obviously, but uh, certainly if he comes back, that would impact the betting markets, and uh, the Clippers did what they had to do last night, uh, extended the series a little bit, and uh, keep this in mind, guys. Every time the Clippers win a game, that's uh, two more days because of the off day, and then another game. So uh, that gives Kawhi Leonard at least forty-eight more hours to try to get right and potentially return later in the series.
6: Ryan, how do you explain Owen six in games one and two, and nine in one in games three through seven for the Clippers?
3: really b- baffling and, b- and bizarre. I, I, I don't think I can because there really hasn't been a consistent theme or pattern. Uh, well, obviously they're, they're consistent themes. They lost the first two games in all the series, but um, you know they've had a home court advantage in, in some, I guess, in the first round against Dallas uh, in round one. They did not have it in the last two rounds against Utah and Phoenix. Those games were on the road. Um, so really, I, I don't know. I mean, Ty Lu is shown to be a master of adjustments. Um, this is kind of a, a slow starting team. Uh, I thought that was one of the things that stood out last night in Game 3, obviously the Clippers had to win that game, uh, and they jumped out early. They were up 29-21 after the first quarter. Uh, for the first time in a long time, guys, keep in mind the Phoenix Suns haven't lost a game in about a month. They had not lost a game in about a month. Phoenix was the lethargic, slow-starting team that I thought just showed up and tried to ease into the game. Uh, that has not been their pattern. They've, they've attacked night. I thought they were more passive. So uh, I don't really have a good feel for it, guys. I mean, certainly, um, you know, you can't say it's due to Kawhi Leonard because, uh, you know, the uh, the first couple rounds in particular he was playing and they still lost the first two games at home. So uh, I don't know what it is, but I, I do give Ty Lu a lot of credit for his in-series adjustments. Uh, he made some more. Uh, again, now we have a series, and uh, I'll be very interested to see how game four goes.
6: Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough, who also happened to draft Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, with me on BetQL Daily. Joe O here on Twitter at Joe0670, at Joe0670. The Bears have an official sports betting partner, but does that mean they are moving? Oh, you heard you'll be able to bet on Illinois College Sports? You know better. It's not that simple in this state. Illinois sports betting expert Chris Altruda joins me next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturday mornings 8 to 9 on 670 The Score in the Odyssey app.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
0: podcast all lowercase go to shopifycom podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopifycom podcast.
2: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Score listener line is open 24-7,
6: 365, and powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit betql.com. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski on Sports Radio 670, the score. And when I reach out to Chris Altruda, I know on the other side, when he checks the message, he's like, okay, What is Joe mad about this time? (laughs) There are a couple (laughs) of things bothering me. Uh, We'll get to that coming up in a moment. Chris Altruda does a terrific job for SportsHandle.com, covers legalized sports betting in Illinois and throughout the Midwest. How are you doing today, Chris? Good, Joe. As always, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. I appreciate you making time for us. I, I don't know where to start. There are so many nuggets that I want to hit with legalized sports betting, some stuff uh, that kind of branches outside of sports betting. How about with the Bears? Uh, all this talk about uh, moving from downtown Soldier Field out to Arlington Heights. You were uh, sitting in on the Illinois Racing Board meeting the other day. Let's start with the deal with Bet Rivers. Now, the Bears have had sponsorship deals with sports books. Uh, In the past, I know they were tied up with points bet last year, but the announcement comes out that Bet Rivers is the official sports betting partner with the Bears. What does that mean? Does that change anything there? And Des Arlington Heights, does it mean anything about the Bears moving to the Burbs?
5: I don't know, but the conspiracy theorists are running wild with that one. Uh Uh-huh. And I think the biggest difference is that it's an exclusive sports betting partnership and it's an exclusive casino partnership as opposed to the deal with PointsBet last year, where PointsBet became an official sports betting sponsor. Those are the two biggest things of points of distinction when you go from one deal to the next. It's hard to put the Arlington Heights aspect of this in a neat box because of the lease that the team has with the city, because the city will go to the mattress to make sure the terms of that lease are enforced until 2033, and just also what Churchill Downs wants to do at Arlington in terms of eventually selling it. One of the interesting aspects is that Churchill Downs is kind of hell-bent on making sure that no one gets a gaming license to compete against Rivers and Displays. Technically, if the Bears were to win the bid, they can file for a sports betting license there. I mean, they could also do it at Soldier Field, Mm -hmm. but it also adds another layer of, you know, complexity and intrigue, some of which will also cause headaches. But there's a lot of moving parts to that right now.
6: Do you believe that all of uh, the professional sports teams in Chicago will eventually get a sports betting license?
5: I think so. I think the Cubs are still the front runner to be the first one, considering they already have an agreement in place with DraftKings. And there was a report I saw that they, they wrapped the Addison stop in DraftKings, you know, promotional wares. So I think that maybe further along of all the major teams, I think eventually everyone will get one. I Jerry Reinsdorf has... What looks to be some sort of loose
6: tie into FanDuel. Oh I, yeah, I, I guarantee we're,
5: Rayfield, we're gonna so see, he,
6: we're gonna see one at the United Center and also right. on the South Side for sure. Do you remember uh, when they were trying to get the bill passed and Jerry made his visit down to Springfield?
5: <laughs> right. So uh, so you'll see something there. I'm curious to see how Trust works with the Sky and Paul sharing the arena just from a logistical standpoint, because I'm sure that the NCAA will come down with some sort of incredible rule that they must cover up every kiosk and every betting reference in WinTrust in order to let DePaul continue to play there. That's to me the one that's like just the most curiously intriguing one just from a logistical standpoint. But yes, I think maybe it's two or three years down the road, but every pro team will have some sort of tie in to a sports book in in the city.
6: I've lost track. I've uh, waited too long on some books, like at BetMGM. I don't know if they're ever going to open before the football season. Last football season, they applied for a license, and they are open in so many legal markets, but we're still waiting on Illinois. How many sports books do we have open right now, and how many are on the way? Okay, so right now there are six
5: mobile books. There are two still in the application. Applicant Q, BetMGM, Bet, Bet like you said, and also Unibet, which would be the mobile tether to Argosy and Alton, should that be approved. Harris Joliet has the score. And eventually with Joomers, which will be rebranded as part of the Bally's makeover, when the time comes, that mobile link will be Bally Bet. Although again, the IGB has not listed Ballybet or the score as an applicant on their webpage yet, so we don't know if the application has been submitted. Sometimes there's a lag there, sometimes there isn't. There are technically nine retail sports books open. You have the seven casinos, two Harris and Joomers are the only three that do not have retail sports betting yet, although they are all licensed. The next step in that case is they submit a request to commence retail wagering to the board, and then the board turns around and approves or they work on it until approval is given. And Points Bet has the two OTV venues through Hawthorne right now at Prospect Heights and Crestwood. And the Oakbrook Terrace one has yet to open.
6: Bet MGM, Bally, Unibet, The Score, not this radio station, The Score based up in <laughs> Canada but i'm a little surprised it is uh the license fee is up there compared to some other states those states don't have the population that illinois has but uh, i'm shocked that some of these companies uh, have not backed out of illinois since literally all of their competition had many months to uh, get remote signups that's true
5: but also when you consider the fact that DraftKings and FanDuel are in this state, the 18-month penalty box provision that we all love to call it from <laughs> the from the law that was enacted is close to expiring. I believe, based on the first issuance of the retail licenses, that an application will be allowed to be submitted to the board in early December. What type of turnaround time comes with that is unknown. but and, and also you have the $20 million license fee for an online-only license. It's conceivable that BetMGM may be holding out for that because they don't have to tie it anywhere. They don't have to tie it to, to Paradise, which is where we've long speculated it would be even before FanDuel eventually came in to make sure DraftKings wouldn't get too much of a head start on them. One, that one is still the wild card. Everyone else we expect will be tethered to the, the casino of their respective deals.
6: But are those online-only ones going to continue to cost $25 million? That's up to whether or not
5: legislators want to revisit that. There was not much in the way of appetite for that. I also... Yeah. The, the legislative session was interesting in the sense that there were times, and this this deals more with the co- the college carve-out than anything else, but there were times it felt like the whole was less than the parts that were being put together. And I understood where Representative Rita was coming from in the sense that you want to put together a bill that is small enough where you can get everyone ag- to agree and move forward. And i understood and respected representative zaleski's negotiations going back and forth with the colleges regarding the carve out at the same time my personal opinion was that i thought they could have gone further with what was in sb 521 that was approved in the house in mm-hmm. terms of the college carve out in terms of the license fee for an online only license considering that online accounts for 96 percent of the handle here i don't see that 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 license price coming down
6: yeah this is early odds with joe ostrowski on sports radio 670 the score we're doing in illinois sports betting reset with analyst chris l truda at l 73 on twitter find some of his work sportshandle.com does a great job covering illinois sports betting you hit on it a few minutes ago let's uh, go back in time to the end of the spring session uh, which went into overtime we were hearing, oh, we're just a signature away from Governor Pritzker. We're going to be able to bet on college sports. However, you won't be able to do it from a mobile phone. You're going to have to do it in person. How did that wrap as uh, the session came to a close? Uh, it passed in one chamber, but we we're just kind of waiting and waiting through that weekend.
5: Right. So it it passed the House early Monday night into Tuesday morning, it passed the House. It was brought to the Senate desk, which raised hopes that at some point before they would adjourn, that they would actually bring it to the floor. And given that it passed, I believe 97 to 11 in the House, that it should've walked through the Senate. It never came up for concurrence that night. And then Tuesday when they reconvened, it was still listed among things on the Senate desk, but it never came to, I believe the, I want to say the, the educational aspect kind of dominated the hearings that day, if I remember correctly. And then when the Senate reconvened as part of the energy bill, it was not going to be there. So it needs Senate approval, whether or not the governor reconvenes the Senate at any point before the fall veto session is yet to be determined. If that does not happen, you will lose part of the football season, I believe,
6: based on when the veto session is (laughs) scheduled. Oh, man. Well, even if this does happen, this doesn't fix anything. It's not going to make anybody happy.
5: I feel that the NCAA is now at this point where they accept that sports betting is going to be everywhere. You You know, Mark Emmert, not not exactly a Rhodes scholar by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> but the the bot the body itself understands this and I think that the NCAA has drawn its final line in the sand with player prompts and I think that's a very reasonable place to draw that line in the sand. you're, okay. you're 17 to 22 year old kids huh. who you know who fl- who fluctuate wildly on a daily basis even outside of that sporting activities they're, they're teenagers and and young adults. I believed that that should have been a hard negotiating stance with the schools that said, look, we're going to have sports betting on Illinois teams in this state. And one of the other issues is that, you know, it's not like New Jersey where there's like four, you know, there's four teams in the state. There's 13. There's a lot. So, yes, it's a a big alliance among those 13 schools. And you have two large schools in Illinois and Northwestern. They they do move a needle in some respects in the yeah. state.
6: I mean, you grew up in New Jersey, for the people listening. You could also say, hey, it's Rutgers, too. You right. know, like how, hey, how much, unless, how big is Rutgers there?
5: Right. Unless, unless Greg Sciano is coaching that team, no one cares about Rutgers football. You know, C- Seton Hall basketball, a little bit of a different story, has a little bit of national cachet. But again, at the end of the day, it's still, it's college basketball. You have a larger inventory so you don't miss out as much as college football, where you have these 10 games, you know, these 10 weekends every year where people are interested in college football. College football draws interest. College basketball is a little bit like a pro season in the sense you have 30 games, if you miss one, you're not you're not broken up about it. 10-11 games matter in college football. I was just surprised that you could have taken a harder stance and said, Look, we're bringing betting on, on the teams into the state. We're not going to touch prop plays, which again I believe is is fair and reasonable, and and from a right or wrong aspect, also right, which is also something you can hang your hat on when you presented when you presented to your fellow legislators and the public. It came out this felt like the worst possible compromise, because especially with the in person fact. I understand it from a school perspective, where where you're, you know, you're limiting the damage, so to speak especially when you consider that the two largest books are on the opposite side of the state, because let's face it. College football season in Chicago, every bar has a school, mm-hmm. <laughs> For lack of a better term. It's yep. something that, as you, as you pointed out, coming from New Jersey, that's fascinating to me. Oh, well, well, we're going to the Michigan state bar. Why? Well, we, we have a bunch of Michigan state alums. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Was so, Wisconsin bar? There's yeah, yeah they're, they're every all 14 teams have, have a bar. <laughs> so the fact that you got the two largest books in terms of online wagering on the opposite side of the state that don't have the St. Louis doesn't have a big 10 tie, it has a big 12 tie, but again, it's lesser in scope. The ones that are in the Chicago area, I mean, William Hill. Is an Elgin. I don't there's nothing really great about that. It's going to the the bigger issue is that you're still going to wind up driving people to cross the state line to Indiana
6: to place mobile bets. And illegally with a bookie and yeah. offshore. Also true. Yes. Yeah.
5: From a legal standpoint, you're still driving handle dollars across the state line. Mm-hmm. In addition to the issue of offshore betting and illegal betting.
6: I wasn't even really following the story that much that weekend because I saw some of the details. I said, okay, that's a big, nothing. That's just lawmakers can say, get off our back. You can bet on college sports in Illinois. Just have to go there. That's up to you. If you want to go there, It, it fixes nothing. And on the prop bets angle, I agree with you. And I have no issue with that. In fact, there aren't many player props available in college sports in football until you get to bowl season and in basketball until we get to March Madness. So I don't even think that's uh, that big of a deal anyways. So, OK, you can pass this and say, oh, oh, we fixed it. We fixed it. But nothing. Nothing was resolved.
5: And what makes it all the more surprising is you you saw the outcry that came from the Loyola-Illinois game. Mm-hmm. That That's the part that made it all the more surprising especially after Marcus Fructor teased the numbers at the meeting, how good that they were doing in terms of NCAA tournament handle when he released those numbers. It's practically a certainty that they reached a quarter of a billion dollars in handle had you had those four games in place.
6: Of course, I'm not happy about the Illinois collegiate betting, but here's something that really bothered me the other day. So, I see that DraftKings for this upcoming football season, they're running a $4 million pick 'em pool, which got me really excited. I've signed up for some of these against the spread pools out in Las Vegas, and I've also signed up for the big survivor pool that Circus Sports ran last year. And DraftKings is running a $1 million pro football millionaire survivor pool. I was thrilled, Chris. And then I uh, read the fine print. Participating states, Colorado, Tennessee, Virginia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, New Jersey, and West Virginia. Where's IL? Can you
5: explain? Actually, I can because this you, you pointed this out, which prompted me to do some digging. And the folks at the Illinois Gaming Board were on, were on this fairly quickly when I asked. And this is the exact wording that I received. Interstate liquidity pools, like the one you mentioned with DraftKings, Mm-hmm. Are not compatible with the statutory taxation scheme in the Sports Wagering Act. The proposed liquidity pools are a way for various jurisdictions. And that, now, saying that this is not an inference of you know shady dealings. Okay, it's just the way that the pool is the way the pool is set up. The proposed shared liquidity pools are a way for various jurisdictions to avoid the variance risk, where a single jurisdiction may bear the tax consequences of having an extremely large payout made in one jurisdiction while other jurisdictions avoid that impact.
6: So how does this get fixed?
5: I do not know. The IGB also added that it cannot rewrite statutory definitions or change the taxation policy. So that would Uh have to be something that goes through the General Assembly. (laughs)
6: I was hoping it could be taken care of at an IGB meeting. So apparently not, huh? No, no, because it it involves taxation as
5: opposed to sports wagering rules. Yeah. It has to go through government.
6: Chris, let's wrap with this. When I'm looking to bet on soccer, I talked to to, uh, smart people like you. You know what you're talking about. Am I wasting my money if I put a futures bet on Belgium at 10 to 1? to win it all yes
5: it's so hard they're going they're on a collision course with France in the semifinals and it's their last shot as a golden generation I mean from a pur- from a hard tugging standpoint I'm I'm on board with it uh-huh. because it's also a very good value pick given the absolute insane quality of that team but France is just so good if they find their offensive gears in the knockout rounds, they're they're just too hard, and that defense is, is really good. the only The only weak link on France is really Lloris. and he's good for one mistake a game, but at the same time, it always doesn't result in a goal. I mean, I like Belgium. I like I love De Bruyne. I love Eden Hazard, and I I really love Lukaku, especially for the Golden Boot because he's getting good value as an underdog to Ronaldo right now because he's only one goal behind. But taking down France, they they have to do a lot of things right in that game if it gets to that point.
6: Is the top too tough to take a dark horse with France, Italy, Germany, Spain, Belgium? I mean, is there just too many good teams?
5: Yes, because – and they're also all – a good portion of them are in the top half of that draw. That that bracket is so lopsided on the top right. half. You know, the the winner, you know, Croatia, Spain is is a round of sixteen match, and you know, you see each of them survive the other. Oh, you get to play France. Gee, thanks. <laughs> I mean, meanwhile, on the other side, you know, England and Germany are facing each other in the ra- in the round of sixteen, and they get the winner of Ukraine, Sweden for a spot in the semis. And they're, you know, they're all probably just sitting there looking at go, gee, great. Some reward we got for winning our group. So <laughs> I'm not against putting money on Belgium. I think that that team can do amazing things, especially if they hold possession. My, my, just my concern against facing a team like France is France is a very good team as a collective. There are very, very few holes, and what few holes they do have are very small and you need to play an A-plus game to take them down.
6: Chris Altruda, at Altruda on Twitter, SportsHandle.com. Big soccer fan, does a great job covering Illinois sports betting, uh, the best around. Great information, Chris. Appreciate your time today on Early Odds.
5: Hey, thanks for having me on, Joe. Always a pleasure.
6: There's your lowdown on sports betting. Four more books on the way to our state. And don't let them tell you that they're fixing the college rule in Illinois. They aren't. We can't even enter football contests offered by legal sports books operating in our state. Sweet. Fix it. It's been two years. I'll shut up when you fix it. Jim Miller has some winning horses next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays 8 to 9 a.m. on 670, the score in the Odyssey app. Weekly contributor to Early Odds right here on Sports Radio 670. The score, his name is Jim Miller at Hawthorne Gym.
4: Hawthorne Racecourse is, I can say, reside because he's there all the time. What's going on, Jim? Man, it does seem like I'm there all the time, but you know what? It's a good thing because there actually is a lot going on at Hawthorne between racing every weekend, the points, but sports location being open each and every day and just a lot of action going on around the track. We're getting ready to gear up for construction soon for a casino, a full-size sportsbook, and everything. So it is, it's a busy time, but hey, it, it's a good time. I get paid to go to races, so I'm never going to complain. I see
6: more people out and about every single weekend, and I'm sure it's the same for you, especially with the 4th of July right around the corner. Uh, So remind the people, in addition to the Points Bet Sportsbook at Hawthorne, uh, the two other locations.
4: Yeah, two other locations, the northern suburbs and Prospect Heights, the southern suburbs down in Crestwood, and then you have the Hawthorne location. And, Joe, the cool thing that we've seen now is because you have to go to these locations now to sign up and activate your accounts, is we're seeing more people come on site to place wagers on horses, watch the racing and that, and bet on sports. We've actually, with the summer conditions, been able to expand the Points Bet sports book outdoors onto our apron area. We've added more TVs outside at Hawthorne as well. So now you get a nice night, you can sit outside, still get all of the wagering action, still get the sports betting action, and kind of put two and one there. So it really is nice now that things have opened up to full capacity and we're into the summer months.
6: Well, everyone's on social media, and I saw that there's a new promotion. You can use your social media with any of your PointsBet bets, and you can get free bets to use on futures or whatever you want to do. It's called Share-A-Bet.
4: Give us the details. And here's the easiest thing about it for Share-A-Bet, Joe, is it doesn't even have to be a winning bet. You just take any of your bets that you've placed through PointsBet, go on your social media account, post that bet up there, and then tag at USA and they're going to give you a free $10 wager. And we've talked time and time again about how these wagers can add up. There was a UFC wager a couple of weeks ago where a guy just had to throw a punch. For this, Mm -hmm. all you have to do is post a bet. You don't even have to win it, and you're getting a $10 free wager. So they want to kind of have people put out there, hey, here's what I'm interested in, here's what I'm betting on. Maybe it creates a little bit more interest amongst social media, and you're getting that free wager in turn. But this is going on for something for Illinois residents, the first 5,000 residents to do so. So it's a nice giveaway. But, yeah, $10 in free wagers right there. If they're giving
6: free money, I'll take your free money. Like, Come on. Come on. The, the books are smart. They It feels like we're going up against them, and they have the advantage all the time. Uh, if they're giving us money, go ahead and take it. And it will be credited by July 6th, correct? Right. So if you participate, right. don't freak out if it's not in the account right away
4: yeah and, and they're usually very quick about the stuff customer service is always very good but yes you have all the way up till july 6th to place these wagers and get accredited in return and it is it's the nice thing to see there and the biggest thing we talked about joe and sports wagering was made legal in the state of illinois was what was the juice going to be and they were worried okay they're going to take so much away from you that it's not going to be worthwhile but we have seen with so many companies coming in you can shop your prices a lot of times they take the juice away and it makes it really worthwhile to play through these sites. So we always tell everybody, shop your price, look around. PointsBet almost always is offering the best odds on a lot of these wagers, but make sure you check that out, and you get a lot of these no-juice offers too. So it's, it's pretty cool to see kind of how wagering has progressed here in the state.
6: Go to the My Bets tab, select a pending or settled bet, and you hit share and tag at USA on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, my weekly guest, Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, you never leave us without a winner on the horses,
4: right? What do you got? Yeah, we've been doing pretty good. couple of horses that we had last week hit the board. So we're getting back on a roll here. So Saturday afternoon at Churchill Downs, we're going three races. Race nine, bet the one horse Vodka and Water. Great name. Bet that horse across the board. <laughs> race 10, bet the seven Ride a Comet across the board. And then race 11, bet the five horse Silver Dust across the board. All these horses are going to be six to one or better for odds. So definitely worth taking a shot right there.
6: Oh, nice. I'll always uh, jump on a price if you're telling me six to one on any uh, Jim Miller horse picks. I'm getting down. Jim Miller at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Jim, let's talk next Saturday. You got it. Thanks, Joe. We heard from Jim, got an update on Illinois' sports betting issues with Chris Altruda, NBA Chatter with Rick Camp and Ryan McDonough. If you missed any of it, use the Rewind feature on the Odyssey app or check out the Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski podcast. Best of luck with your wagers this weekend. Catch me during the week on BetQL Daily, weekdays 8 to 11 a.m. A new time, 8 to 11 a.m. on the Bet. On the Odyssey app or 1059 FM HD2. 1059 FM HD2, the bet. Inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw is next. Cash those tickets and keep it locked here on 670, the score.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?